welcome to Positively West Virginia, where each week we share positive stories about successful West Virginia businesses making a difference in our great state. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WV News, and Interaction Media. Now, let's get down to business with your host, Jim Matuga. Coming to you live from the Interaction Media Studio in Morgantown, welcome to Positively West Virginia. I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Each week, we talk with West Virginia business leaders and share their success stories with people just like you in West Virginia and indeed across the country. For those of you joining us live on Facebook, welcome and thanks for being with us. And those listening on the podcast, we're glad you're tuning in on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. When we first started doing this project back in 2017, one of the things we wanted to do was encourage our listeners with inspirational business stories from right here in the Mountain State. I get to see so many positive things happening all over West Virginia in business every day, and a lot of people never get to hear about those, but my team at Interaction Media is working to change that with this show so that people realize you don't have to leave West Virginia to find great business opportunities. They're right here in our backyard, right here in our state. We want to encourage people to stay here and build great companies right here in West Virginia. All of our guests are people who are really getting that done, and I'm convinced we can all learn from their experiences and their stories. This week, we're going to visit with John Obrist and his company, Wine Jug, in Weirton, West Virginia. John, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you, Jim. I'm excited to be part of the podcast. Yes, sir. I'm excited to have you and uh, on the show today and be able to share your story this week. John Obrist is owner of Wine Jug in Weirton, West Virginia. He has a BS from Ithaca College, an MBA from Penn State University. He's been married for 29 years to Ladea Obrist with four kids, ages 20, 19, 19, and 16. And yes, three are in college. That's pretty pretty awesome. Wine Jug is a wine specialty retail store, an online company designed to offer incredible wines across a spectrum of price ranges. Since John and his team try to personally taste many of the wines that they sell, the descriptions and tasting notes are based on their honest evaluations of the wine, as opposed to what you see on other websites uh, that might be a copy and paste, regurgitations, and you know, you get the drift. As a small business, they offer a personal touch that other companies just can't simply match. Wine Jug is passionate about uh, satisfying every customer. They promote other small businesses, which I love, and they care about what you think and want you to help, uh, want to help you enjoy delicious wine. I invited John on the show today to talk about his company, to share his story, and to give our audience here at Positively West Virginia some valuable insight into the company that he leads in West Virginia. John, take a minute and fill in some gaps from that very brief intro that I read and give us a little behind the curtain look into your company, man. Sure. Well, philosophically, uh, wine is meant to be enjoyed, no matter where you are in your wine journey, whether it's red, white, or rosé, sparkling or, or, or still, lusciously sweet or, or, or bone dry, and anywhere in between. And so we believe that since wine is delicious, we can be passionate about helping people to find great quality wine at incredible prices. And we spend hours every week trying to do just that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, how the heck did you get into the wine business? So 30 years uh, as an executive in three industries, uh, aerospace, financial services, and then most recently oil and gas. Yeah, I retired in the third quarter of last year and then fourth quarter decided to really take my passion, my love for wine, and turn it into a second career. And so in March of 2020, I launched Wine Jug. 
That's awesome. That's that's very cool. You, so you launched in uh, March of this year, which is the beginning of the the pandemic, as we started seeing it uh, in the United States here in West Virginia. What the heck was that like? Yeah, hectic at best, <laughs> um, for sure. And it, and what it did is it, it by virtue of folks staying home more and coming to the store less than maybe I anticipated. Yeah, it forced me to focus on making the online experience as seamless and as easy for customers as possible. And that's why you see the very detailed descriptions of every wine that we feature. Yeah, so we're going to get into the, some some wine talk, if you will. Uh, but I just wanted to uh, kind of get that background going. What would mm-hmm. you What would you say is your thirty second pitch for Wine Jug? In other words, what is it that you tell people that you do? Yeah, and, and you hit it in, a lot of it in the intro. But you know, as, as a small business, I think we offer a value proposition that others can't. Mm. Um, we try to understand what customers like in terms of wine. There, are, So often I have folks come to me and, and I ask them, well, what's your favorite wine? And they, they say, well, I'm a little embarrassed to tell you that it's only sweet. But that's that to me, that's that's a misnomer. What you like truly is what's most valuable. And there are an incredible array of great wines that are sweet or dry. Or, and we work so hard to understand customers' needs and likes and then tailor our offerings or our recommendations exactly to what they like. Yeah, that's awesome. So, John, t- take us to to where you're at right now. You've you just started this company several months ago, back in March. What would you say is the thing you're most excited about for Wine Jug right now? Yeah, I would say you know we've we've grown every single month since inception. The growth has has been consistent, uh, and I and I would say this this sounds a little bit simple or cliched, but what is most exciting for me is when customers say something like. John, you know what I like? Just send me three bottles. <laughs> and, and I say that because there's a deeper meaning to that simple statement. And, and, and so what that means to me is that somewhere along the line of our discussion, either they've really enjoyed a bottle that I've recommended or mm. they've tried a varietal that they never would have tried had we not had a discussion. But the, the bottom line premise is that I've learned their trust along the way hopefully with outstanding customer focus and customer service. Yeah. So where are most of your customers coming from right now? I know you're just, uh, you know, in your first year, but where, where what's your yeah, ge- so, geographic market? Yeah. Mo- mostly West Virginia and Pennsylvania since we're it's so close to the border. Yeah. But we have folks kind of all over the country that are interested in, in our offering and that uh, we're shipping to them. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you have any employees at this point? So right now I'm the only employee. Yes. Um, Solopreneur. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and, 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 you know, you, folks can relate to that because it, it means long nights. It means long hours. But it also means a pride and a passion in what sure. you do every day yeah. that translates right to the business. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely appreciate where you're coming from on that. So, John, take us uh, to back to the wine jug and the wine. I mean, obviously, that's what you're all about as a company. And you've got uh, a, a, a brick-and-mortar shop, right? right. And then you've yes, got this website. And we're going to put the website up, the, up on our show notes and share that on social media and everything. But I want to talk about that for a second because mm-hmm. wine is a uh, – it is a it is a somewhat a mystery to people. It's a uh, it's a passion for others, uh, but it's a you know a long and storied uh, tradition of wine and wine tasting and just you know you kind of hit on it. Uh, you know some some folks will say you know I, I just like this particular wine and and that's okay because wine is really about what you like, right? It, it's not necessarily pairing this particular. You know you don't just drink red wine with steak and you just don't drink white wine with fish. You you go with what you like. Isn't that correct? 
Yeah, precisely. And and I would take that e- even a step further. So when we built this company, uh, the tagline you talked about wine being about the story. Yes. And 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 to me, I believe that wine is best when it invokes a memory or connects you to family or friends or, or, or reminds you of a great great meal that you had with the people that are special to you. It mm. kind of it kind of makes you feel something. And that's that's why I love it when wine has a story to it. Mm. And so when I can connect with customers and understand their story, it really helps wine jug and I to kind of satisfy them you know, as best as we can. Yeah. And it's kind of a fun, uh, fun thing to experience with friends. If you're having a get together or whatever, and just share your, share that experience. And then you remember that, oh, I had this, whatever. That's right. Know, when we were having uh, dinner on the back deck this in the, in, during the pandemic, right? We were socially distancing and whatnot. So I got to ask you, what, what are some of your, uh, what are some of your go-tos uh, in terms of your personal um, preference? Yeah. So that, that varies quite a bit based on where I am in my studies. I'm continuing to pursue my uh, certification through the Wine and Spirit Education Trust out of London via the American Wine School out of Cleveland. But uh, I love a good Pinot Noir from uh, Burgundy or from Oregon. Uh, I love a nice cava from Spain. Uh, And my, my family just loves the acidic whites such as an Albarino or a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, that's very cool. There's a, uh, my last name is Matuga, M-A-T-U-G-A, and there's a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc called Matua, M-A-T-U-A, which I thought was kind of neat. And that's, that's kind of one of my favorites that's, right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so tell us how, uh, explain to us how the, the online uh, process works and what, what Wine Jug is all about with regard to your online offering. I, I'm really intrigued sure. by this. I think it's really cool. Sure. So, to me, the strike zone for Wine Jug is finding. Uh, I, I look at wine across a, a spectrum of price ranges, but the strike zone is really finding affordable wine that is whose quality just really outpaces the price. Uh, great wine for an affordable price is kind of what I look at, and so what that means is that generally the wines are around twenty dollars a bottle. Yeah, and every day I spend, I taste it the night before, and I spend a couple of hours talking about the, the aromatics, the flavor profile, the soil, the aspect, the climate, all of the things that go into making that wine what it turns out to be when you taste it in the bottle. And so we have this section called the nerdy details and John's notes and all of those things just to try to personalize it and put it in layman's terms, you know, what you're getting with every bottle. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. So you, you talked a little bit about, and I, and I really think that's neat because you've got um, – you know, you've got this record now of um, almost like a wine blog kind of thing where you're actually bringing your expertise and your your team's expertise uh, to the table, so to speak, uh, in a virtual environment, but really being able to uh, hone your craft. And I, so I wanted to go back to the American Wine School and what you're trying to do there and it kind of explain to our audience exactly, I mean, because it sounds like you're a lifelong learner and you're trying to work on this, uh, you know, your expertise, not just sharing your passion, but also educating yourself and learning as you go. So talk a little bit about the American Wine School and and that experience. Sure. So right now I am level three certified. What does that that mean? So that's really an advanced level qualifications for for folks that are either working in the wine industry or are wine enthusiasts. Hmm. You don't have to work in the wine industry to pursue these certifications. Oh, wow. So so the Wine Spirit Education Trust is a worldwide uh, organization based out of London. 
Um, there are four levels to their certification. I'm currently level three. Uh, I have taken, there are, there are six exams for level four. Hmm. Uh, I have taken and passed five of those six exams. The sixth sitting is at the end of October. It's a two-day exam. The first is a blind tasting of 15 wines. And the second is a three-hour theory exam. Hmm. And should I be fortunate enough to pass that, then I'll be uh, level four diploma certified. Oh, that's very cool. I really think that's uh, very interesting that you're not just, uh, you didn't just open up a wine store and sell the wine, but you're really diving headfirst in, into the wine uh, knowledge industry, which is, I think is pretty cool. So, Thank you. so a little bit, um, you mentioned that your your kind of your, your price points in, in that $20 range. And that's, mm-hmm. I think is a, uh, a fallacy that a lot of people think too. I think that some folks think you have to spend, you know, 150 bucks on a good bottle of wine, but there are some really good wines out there, even uh, even uh, from the uh, some of the more reputable vineyards, if you will, uh, that are actually really good in that $20 price point. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you, you're absolutely on the money. So uh, the 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 price point kind of yeah, I've had bottles that are I've had a four thousand dollar bottle. Wow. It was it was off the charts good, but that's not how I live. That's not where I spend my money. And so this twenty dollar premise really originated from the lifestyle that I lead and that my friends lead. And these are the types of bottles that we buy. So we wanted to find a way to take that knowledge that we've developed uh, and kind of push it out into wine jugs so the folks can can share that with us. Yeah, absolutely. I got one more question about the the business aspect. Now you're you're located in in Weirton, West Virginia. What kind of hoops did you have to jump through to be able to sell wine on a website in West Virginia? Is that a difficult process? Yeah. So so I have uh, you know a, a number of different licenses, both at the federal, state, and the local level. Mm. Uh, but West Virginia is really. Um, in my experience, has been welcoming to new business and does everything it can to encourage folks to start a business here. And so the folks in the government uh, uh, you know, offices have been absolutely helpful because this, this is my first time opening a business. So I can say with absolute frankness that I came in not knowing a whole lot. And mm. the folks at the uh, Alcohol Control Board and, and other offices have been incredibly helpful. They've wanted to help me to become successful. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So, I mean, getting back to the licensing, I mean, is it is it a bunch of hoops you have to jump through? Is it a difficult process, or is it something that you know that you know you were like, oh, that wasn't so bad? No, it was it was quite a process. It took me, you know, I had a timeline in mind to get started when I formed this back in uh, fourth quarter last year. Uh, but it, you know, it was a process, and there's a lot of rigor to make sure that uh, the background checks, uh, you know, are fine, and that the folks getting into the alcohol selling business are, are the folks that the state wants to, to be doing that. Yeah, that's cool. What's what's the most challenging business moment you've had so far? Take us take us to that place of that <laughs> that, that spot and kind of share, share that story with us. Yeah, I, I chuckle because I, I really I think about it almost every day. <laughs> <laughs> so there were there were in my first month of business toward the end of the first month, there were three days where I had not only zero people come into the store to buy anything, but I also had zero online customers. Mm. And so it really made me start to, uh, it, it, it challenged my confidence as to whether I could make this a successful endeavor or not. Mm. Um, but the defining realization for me was that one, a small business is really about overcoming challenges every day. 
And two, if I want a better outcome than three days of zero, then I need to improve my networking, my social media presence, my website ease of use, my elevator pitch. Everything that I do has to be better. And so I use those three days as a constant reminder to search for ways to be better every single day. Wow, that's cool. You know, it's interesting just listening to that because I'm reminded of of, of something that I tell people quite often is I, I say anybody can start a business. I mean, anybody listening to this show right now can start a business in a matter of a few minutes. But building a company, that takes a lot of work. It's very difficult. It so that, that, that's what that reminds me of right there. So I just uh, I wanted to share that. <laughs> Our guest today is John Obrist. He is the owner and founder of Wine Jug, based in Weirton, West Virginia. Uh, I want to take, John, a, a few seconds just to mention our sponsors that we have for Positively West Virginia. And they are Insurance Centers, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. Uh, the support we receive from these companies allow us to highlight the incredible things happening throughout the great state of West Virginia. Again, J- uh, John Obrist is the founder and owner of Wine Jug. John, what is the vision that you have for Wine Jug long-term? You're, you're just in your first couple of months, really the first half a year of business. What's, right. your, what's your long-term vision? Well, ultimately, I'd like to grow the company to the scale of, say, a wine.com or a lastbottle.com. Mm. And to me, the best way to do that is, is focusing on that outstanding customer experience whether someone is buying one bottle or a case of, of wine, and to make sure that uh, I, I support that experience by offering them top quality wine every single day. Well, that's that's pretty clear. It sounds like you've got a a, a very uh, strategic plan and a, and a vision for where you want to go. How do you attract new customers? How do you get people to come into the into your physical store or the uh, online store? Yeah, so a variety of means. Uh, you know, I'll, I will mention that with four teenagers in the house, I took a fair amount of grief about my lack of social media aptitude originally. <laughs> but we've improved in that regard. And so right now I have daily social media posts to Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. I send out via MailChimp uh, a featured email blast of the wine of the day to uh, my customer base, those on the distribution. Uh, we do wine tastings here at the store. Mm-hmm. I have a license for that. Uh, and then I do private wine tastings where we talk about the company. And then I think, again, it's that focus on, on excellence that leads to organic growth via word of mouth. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm not sure if you know the name Gary Vaynerchuk, but Gary, yes. Gary V, he goes by, he's a, kind of a marketing guy that I follow. And his, his company was called Empathy Wines and just a couple of weeks ago sold it to Constellation Brands for like a zillion dollars. And he was, you know, he was a, a wine guy first and, uh, and then he became this like marketing guru over the, over the last 20 or so, 15, 20 years or so. But yes. wine is big business, man. And uh, I think with your, with your vision and, and uh, some of the things that you're working on right now, I think is, is pretty cool. What's one of the biggest challenges you face right now? So um, for me, it's, it's laying out those priorities and that strategy that will allow me to continue to grow uh, without significant missteps. So mm. uh, as I look over the next 180 days to, to year, I'm asking myself, how could I become more scalable? At what point do I start to take on employees? Uh, how do I make my distribution more efficient? And, and all of those things. So, so 
So the path to growth hmm. and effective growth is what really, uh, to me, is the greatest challenge. Yeah. Well, you've got a, uh, a lot of experience under your belt, uh, a great degree, uh, an MBA from Penn State. So it sounds like you're pretty pretty well equipped to do that. Now it's just uh, setting about uh, the plan that you're you're working, right? Thank uh, you. So, so let me ask you this with regard to um, – e-commerce, okay, because you kind of hit on it a few minutes ago when you said that people are staying at home more, okay, yep. and so they have time, maybe they're, <laughs> you hear stories that people are drinking more too, which is you know, <laughs> not necessarily what wine's all about, you know, but uh, but let me ask you, you know, what's what are some things that you're finding that are working in e-commerce? In other words, how do you, how do you get sales going uh, on your website? Um, so via WooCommerce, I use WooCommerce as my transaction engine. Mm-hmm. Um, I use Burkitch Design out of Beaver, Pennsylvania for my creative work and my website design. And so via those, those two mediums, uh, I get uh, weekly and then monthly reports relative to the number of clicks on the site, mm. the number of uh, pages touched per uh, user, the number of users that have viewed each of my emails, Etc. Etc. Mm. And so I use that data not only to gauge how effective my uh, my marketing efforts are, but also, frankly, to see what wine people are interested in learning more about. Yeah. Uh, there are some there are some bottles that, while they're compelling to me, hmm. uh, a Cremant de Loire is a great example. Very interesting to me. I love the Loire region, but my client set wasn't terribly interested, and not many folks clicked on it. So that you know, I have to learn every day based on the data. Uh, that I see. There's some truth to uh, the old axiom, give the people what they want, right? Indeed. <laughs> and you got to listen to your customers. That's great stuff, man. That's good good, uh, good advice, really. Uh, so speaking of advice, what, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm going to ask you just flat out, how old are you? You said you're retired right now, but... I'm, I'm 53. 53. What's one piece of advice you would give to young business people out there thinking about starting a company, a, a, an entrepreneur-minded person who's maybe on the fence and saying, man, I, I just don't know if I have what it takes or I don't know if I could take this idea to market. What's one piece of advice you would give to those folks? Yeah. So at 53, I have more gray in my beard than brown. <laughs> uh, but, I've, but I've learned some lessons along the way as a result. And so, you know, there are the cliches that are absolutely true, positive attitude, perseverance, mm-hmm. and thick skin. But I think what I would tell the young, I mean, all of that is true, but the young entrepreneur really needs to know not to underestimate the value of the numbers, what information you can derive from the data. Because to be successful from my vantage, uh, you need to spend appropriate amount of time on objective analysis mm. to understand in terms of sales volume, revenue, profit margin, et cetera, what you need to be successful. Because only mm. with good data mm. can you consistently make good decisions. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's great advice for sure. You know, it's interesting because, you know, uh, a lot of um, a lot of content that you see out there on entrepreneurship and, and this and that starting a business or whatever it talks about you know follow your passion they, they give you but but ultimately you know that's all important but the the bottom you know the, your PL is, is vital to, to your business and and, and I, I mean I'll, I, I know people I mean I have a particular person just as as you were speaking I, I thought of a particular guy that I know who owns a company and I asked him one day just recently I said you know what what do you make on a particular project he's in the construction business he said well you know mm-hmm. what I, I don't even know I don't even know if I'm making money on each job mm-hmm. and I thought to myself my goodness dude 
I mean, I just wanted to shake them a little bit and say, you know, you got you got to know your P and L. You got to know your your margin, or else, you know, what the heck? What are you doing? Sure. Right? I mean, so yeah. your advice is spot on, and I appreciate that for for sure. John, what's one thing you do every day that you think contributes to your success that you've you've had over your career? It's 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 something that I do every night, and it doesn't take more than ten minutes. Mm. But each evening, whether I finish at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, or whenever for the day, I spend just a few minutes at my desk, and I try to map out the next day's priorities and strategy that are going to help me have a successful tomorrow. Mm. And that does a few things for me. A, it helps me sleep peacefully. Mm. And B, it helps me to tackle that next day with a confidence and an energy that I know what it's going to take to accomplish the things I want to accomplish. Yeah, gives you a sense of purpose, really. Indeed. Yeah, that's good stuff. What's one resource you use in your business? You're you're kind of a startup phase. I mean, I've, I've you've had tons of business experience, but you're really in the startup mode in your first year. What's one resource that you use in your business that you just can't live without? Yeah, so I, I mentioned, you know, there are there are the softwares that I mentioned, the WooCommerce, etc. But if you can categorize it as a resource, I would have to say that it's the personal network of folks. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, here in West Virginia, I've encountered a few things. Uh, I've encountered an incredibly, incredible willingness to help make me successful. Mm. So the Weirton Chamber of Commerce has been fantastic. Mm. Uh, Wine and Beverage Merchants, the owner, has helped me. He's given me guidance as to what it's going to take to be successful here in West Virginia. Mm. And there's this litany of other small business owners that have been so willing to share their knowledge and their time. And so I would say it's that network, that resource has helped me to be successful. To yeah, this point. That's, that's good stuff. I, I, I think about that all, all the time because, you know, you're known by the company that you keep. That's a, yeah. you know, an old phrase, but that has a lot of truth to it. And, and obviously the, the, the time that you spend with people in the, those networks, the quality of people, the people that are going to be able to help you, the people that you can help, right? Cause givers actually gain the, more, the, the more you give the more you get in return. So surrounding yourself with great people like that, I think is a, is a, a, an excellent resource for sure. What's one book or even a podcast that you'd recommend for aspiring entrepreneurs? Yeah. So, so there is a book. Um, It's not a business book. It's not an inspirational book, but it's a book from which I drew inspiration. Mm. And it's a book called uh, accidental courage by Joe Kita, K I T A. And here he talks about his own personal fears, hmm. uh, such as death and failure and rejection or solitary confinement, all of those things. And he talks about how he tackled them. And hmm. so it really, for me, provided more of an insight into how we either allow fear to twist our thinking or we allow it to focus or hone our thinking and resolve. Hmm. Because if you... If you distill it all down, and Joe Keita can put this better than I ever would, but fear makes life uncomfortable. Mm. And therefore, by that discomfort, it makes life interesting and exciting if you can use it to your advantage. Yeah. The key is harnessing it and, yeah. and leveraging that fear into a positive as opposed to cowering in the corner. Precisely. Yeah, it's good stuff. Accidental Courage. We'll make sure we get that book listed uh, on our resources page at PositivelyWV.com. John, we have a list of every book over the last, I don't know, 130 episodes or so uh, where people can just click that link and buy the book right on Amazon, right from our website. Cool. So we'll make sure we have that up there as, one, as your recommendation. So thank you for, for sharing that for sure. I appreciate that. 
you know, John, um, listening to your journey is pretty cool. And I just want to say I've, I've been inspired just listening to this this entrepreneurial uh, venture that you've started out. So I want to ask, you know, um, you know, it, it, we've covered covered a lot in in just a half an hour. Or so, is there anything you think our listeners should know about your story or about Wine Jug uh, in in particular? Well, in addition to the expertise on wine that we offer, and mm-hmm. and hopefully the outstanding customer satisfaction, yeah. uh, I think that we bring an emphasis on work ethic, uh, a belief that uh, we can. By understanding someone's likes and dislikes, we can provide them options that maybe they can't find at some of the larger uh, box retailers. And that um, we're excited to be here in West Virginia. We feel uh, incredibly welcome here, and uh, we just uh, we're just loving it right now. Yeah, that's that's awesome. How can our listeners learn more about Wine Jug and even maybe get in touch with you, John? Yeah, so uh, a variety of means. Um, the, the website is www.winejugcompany, all one word, dot com. Uh, winejugcompany at gmail is the uh, email address. And then I'm always open to uh, taking phone calls at 724-987-3627. Now, did I get you right? You, you actually have a store, like a physical store, too? Correct. Yeah, where, we're in West Virginia. Yeah. Where is it located? It's on, uh, it's 1136 Pennsylvania Ave in Weirton. Okay, cool. We'll make sure we have links to all that stuff so that you can get in touch with John. Maybe go check it out, uh, get involved, get on his mailing list, uh, you know, buy some wine and share it <laughs> and, ha- and have a good time. You know, one thing uh, I was going to ask uh, about wine, and, and uh, it, it kind of struck me as, as you were just talking there in your final uh, closing comments is, you know, I think about, um, you know, what's one piece of advice you would give to uh, to people who maybe maybe have been exposed to some wine tasting? Have got is it better to have like your go tos and always drink the same thing that you like, or is it good to sometimes uh, you know spread out and try some different things? What's yeah, your what's, I, your, what's I, your thought on that? I love trying different things. That's part of the learning process for me. Mm. It's part of understanding my palate, and yeah. so yeah. you know, I find that if folks like let's say a Sauvignon Blanc, a high acid Sauvignon Blanc mm-hmm. from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. There are a number of high acid uh, citric grapes that produce fantastic wines in the in the world that mm. folks may not try but may be similar in taste and that they'll really enjoy. Yeah, that's good. So you could you can have your go to's but branch out and try some different things. You might might be surprised at what you like. For sure. <laughs> uh, John, it's, it's been a real honor to have you on the podcast today. I think what you're doing is awesome, and I just encourage you to keep up the great work, man. Jim, it's been absolutely my pleasure. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, that's great. Well, folks, that's a wrap on another episode of Positively West Virginia. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by Insurance Centers, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. As we continue on our journey to help share positive stories of companies and people doing amazing things all across the Mountain State, just like John Obrist and Wine Jug in Weirton, West Virginia. Our hope is that we, in some way, inspired you and maybe even motivated you by sharing these success stories in West Virginia. If you or someone you know would be a great guest on the show, drop us a line on our website, PositivelyWV.com. And, of course, we appreciate your comments, encouragement, and, and, uh, and positive reviews as well on our uh, iTunes channel. 
Of course, we encourage you guys to, to share these stories on your social media channels as well. And be sure to check out our weekly show that comes out every Friday. It's a live show called Small Business Masterminds, the Positively West Virginia Small Business Masterminds. It's every Friday from 11 a.m. to noon, where we bring you a panel of business experts from around the state each week to help West Virginia small business leaders win. This week, we're gonna have Shelly Moore Capito on the show. She's gonna be sharing some of the latest wranglings in Congress and the Senate. Uh, And so, you know, Senator Capito has been a guest on the show several times and we're looking forward to talking with her again this Friday, once again, 11 to noon. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team, until next time, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay positive, West Virginia. 